Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. So here we are, and we're back, and we have a new beer. Oh yes, this week it's Long Trail, um, which is a brewing company from Vermont, and this is a stout, unearthed. Unearthed. And we've actually already dug into this a little bit. We've we've unearthed it. Yeah, <laughs> and I really like it. Yeah, it's good. It's good. I, I, you got to dig a good stout every, every uh-huh. time. You know, yeah, so, so. I think stouts maybe are my favorite type of beer. I'm gonna. I have a feeling I'm going to learn a lot about beer over the course of uh, oh, yeah. doing this podcast. Oh yeah, we got to get a list of like what beers we've drinking during during the podcast. Uh huh. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then it was. Uh, well, well, we had one. We had six oh three, which you didn't like. Six oh three. But I noticed they they make a lot of different types. So maybe it was just yeah. that one, the, the one six oh three, the, the um, IPA you didn't like. Maybe some of their other beers you might like. Then we had uh, the uh, Corona, right? Yep, that's all we've had so far. The Corona Light. Run a light. Yeah, well, you know, you're getting old. You get to drink a light beer. Sometimes. Well, I think it's. I like. <laughs> it. I think it's just fine. So today we're going to um, do a couple of things. It's kind of a hodgepodge. We're going to start um, with Cuba, and we already talked a little bit about um, the Bay of Pigs. But we're going to talk a bit about just kind of what was happening with Cuba in general, and then after that, we're going to talk a little more about the CIA and. And again, what they were up to right before the assassination of JFK. <laughs> and, and then we just have a few initial um, kind of testimonies and, and facts about the CIA that, that are certainly not proofs that the CIA was involved. Um, th- these are just kind of things that we, I couldn't figure out where else to put them because they were a little aside, little yeah, facts. Right. They're too interesting to leave out. Um, you know what? <laughs> I forget who said it this, but there's there's a lot of people that said stuff like it. But if there if if in your research you find that there's a lot of coincidences, there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. And anything for any of these that we talk about, there's I don't believe there's any real substantial hard proof of anything really. Of, of no, like, ultimate conclusion. Yeah, of there's no, proof yeah. about, you know, various... Yeah, you can say somebody said this and somebody did that, but there's no, there's no, there's no, I guess, DNA type of, of, of evidence. And I say that in just a descriptive way. There's no way to do a hard and fast proof to say, oh, you know, this person and this person shot did him that. from this yeah. location yeah. and, uh, it, you know, it, we'll it, never know that to that level of exactitude. Yeah, we'll talk about some people who had opportunities who knew they were on their way out mm-hmm. and still, <coughs> you know, didn't say what they could have said to make mm-hmm. things a lot easier for folks like us. Yeah, I mean, really what we're doing is we're going to go through all of the facts that we know, <coughs> all of the testimony that we can pull up, and a lot of it is going to be contradictory, but in the end, when you put it all together, yeah. where does it lead? Where does the, um, the, the bulk of the information point to? I think that's kind of the way I'm looking yeah, at it. Yeah, and, and when you really get down to it, it it all leads kind of back straight to the beginning, right? Because no matter what you do, no matter what you say, no matter how much proof you think you have, no matter how, how many coincidences lead you to believe, right? 
Mm-hmm. You take that full circle, it's going to land you right back to the very first episode of this, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have learned a lot along right, the way. That's well, that's the thing though too, and and, and the most important thing, which kind of goes along with that, is. There's a reason why you do it, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know something's screwed up somewhere. Mm-hmm. And people, if, if that starts to wake you up a little bit to other things, amen, that's our job, right? As far as I'm concerned anyway. So, you know, maybe we don't solve the whole thing. We're mm-hmm. not going to say we're going to. I'm not going to sit here and go, bah! you know, this happened here. It's not going to happen. Would we want to give you information that, you know, we spent the time doing. So it makes it easier for you. And maybe you can go off on a different spot because trust me, with this, <laughs> you can you can stick your toe in the water anywhere. Yeah, and maybe somebody you know? um, hears something here that interests them. They do some yeah. digging. They send us information. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe one yeah. maybe one of you guys will solve. Yeah, how badass would that be? Check this yeah. out. Say we're talking about somebody, uh, you know, and they lived in this place, right? Mm. If you live in this place, maybe you can do a little bit of work. You know, and, and uh, maybe, you know, get on a site like, oh, I don't know, Spokio, mm-hmm. pay $9.95, you know, and, and if you're in a state where you can't afford $9.95, well, by all means, I'll send you $9.95. You go ahead and do the homework. Let me know where this person lives because, see, we want to do an interview. And if this person's still alive, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, we'll go and we'll do this interview. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not, you know, we're not scared. You know, we're not scared. We we were actually thinking about going and trying to find out if uh, Tippett was actually. Well, we don't. Have to that. <laughs> we'll talk about that later on. <laughs> that still would be fun. That would be fun we, just to do it just for the heck of it. We just don't want to get shot, go to prison, you know. Anyway, not yet. Moving on. <laughs> uh, moving on to Cuba. What kind of bear? Bear. Black bear. Yes. No, I'd say this is a grizzly bear. Uh, do you know that they say if you if you if you lay on the ground and don't do anything, a bear won't bother you. Are you sure? Have you tried it? No, but the thing is, is I actually I, um, I was looking online and I found out that, that you can lay on the ground with a brown bear. You can lay with a brown bear. Well, you can lay on the ground and act like you're dead with a brown brown bear. Mm-hmm. But if you try that with a black bear, oh, no. Yeah, that's what I'm, I know. We're getting way off. Yeah. This is amazing how we could get to this already. This level of off basedness. But but yeah, there's one type of bear that if it attacks you, you're supposed to fight back as hard as you can. And there's another bear, type of bear, that when it attacks you, you're supposed to essentially curl up into a fetal position. Something like that. And I don't remember which one Who is which. Who wrong? So make, us, probably, make, us be, make us stupid, because I think I might have mixed it up anyway. I think it might be the other way around. I think it's the black bear you're supposed to, which is the kind we have around us, is you're supposed to fight back with with all you've got. But if a grizzly bear attacks you yeah then okay. there's i think that's what it is don't take my word if you're being attacked by a bear google this um so yeah. that you're so yeah. that you know um, but yeah. a grizzly bear i think you're supposed to go to a fetal position well I, I gotta tell you either way bro it doesn't matter right because if you're in the grasp of a bear it doesn't matter man i mean you know i, I i've seen some horrible videos man of like bear attacks where i see the bear eating the guts out of a person and Yanking an intestine. It's like the most realistic bear, grizzly bear attack. I don't know if I want to, man. I have this gag reflex, man. I'll puke on you, dude. I'm serious. I don't, I do. Some, I mean, I have a, a cast iron stomach, but when it comes to stuff like that, dude, I get like... Cuba, in the early 1960s, was the most intense foreign policy hotspot. It was what, that, it was a huge area because, you know, Cuba was right by the United States. And it had turned communist, and we were petrified. We were petrified that 
the Soviet Union would try to utilize Cuba to put in missiles. We'll get to that shortly. Yep. Um, we were just worried about it. And so mm -hmm. um, everybody in the CIA and in the military and also the president, they were all obsessed with trying to figure out you know, how to deal with Castro and how to, um, and how to overthrow him. So the same way where Vietnam was like, you know, later in the 60s, that was the, the place where everybody was obsessed with. Mm. In the early 60s, it was all about Cuba. Just a reminder, Castro had come to power during the Eisenhower era, which was the right. president right before Kennedy in the 50s. And, uh, and the plots to overthrow and assassinate um, Castro began in, in the, under Eisenhower and continued into the Kennedy era. And now what we have to do, actually, is we have to go back to our last episode because um, we need to re-record the, the, the CIA assassination attempts, the, the, all the different sort of things that they, they oh. did. <laughs> we recorded this earlier, but um, we had some music playing too close to the microphone. Oh, that's right, that's so right. Why don't you play the funny music again okay. if you can find it, and, and, but just keep the computer a little further away. Okay. As you know, we're gonna have an ad, right? So. That's okay, I'll just edit this out. Unless I find it amusing when I'm, <laughs> I'll edit it out. Unless I find it amusing when I'm when I, when I happen to be doing. Okay, the ready? Okay. Okay. All right. So here are some of the fun ways that the CIA attempted to assassinate Castro. So let's see. Uh, plans were conceived to poison Castro's cigar. Poison. Um, Poison his cigar. They were going to kind of dip the end of his cigar into cyanide and then try to hand it to him or something like that. Um, they tried to... This isn't an assassination attempt, but this is still f fairly amusing. They were trying to slip him a depilatory? Depilatory? Do you know what a depilatory is? They were trying to slip him something, get him to eat something that would cause his beard to fall out. I guess they felt that if his beard fell out, that it was kind of like the way that Samson's hair gave him oh. his power, um, Castro. That's very beard. high intelligence. It's a very high thinking. It's high thinking. Yeah, or maybe they just thought that he would be so ugly without his beard that nobody would follow him anymore. Uh -huh. Okay, that's so good. So that's another thing that's they tried one, yeah. to do. Uh, okay, they also tried to administer an LSD type chemical to Castro so that he would hallucinate and perhaps become, um, you know, awakened, awoken to the fact that capitalism was the best approach. Ah, maybe. Ah, um, yeah. Okay, that's, 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 uh, yeah. okay. So those were some, uh, some fun things. Let's see, uh, another person, this is actually a suggestion made by Desmond Fitzgerald. He was um, the CIA's manager of covert action against Cuba. He suggested that a tiny explosive be installed in a rare, beautiful seashell that could be left in a place where Castro might go skinny dipping. Oh, okay. And so he thought that Castro would pick it up and you know go like that, and then blow or his, something else, blow his <laughs> blow his head or something else. Oh, off. there you go. A tax dollars, it works, folks. Yeah. I mean, what are you supposed to say? You know, there was another um, CIA scheme to kill Castro with an injection from a hypodermic needle that was hidden in a ballpoint pen. So his ballpoint pen? In this, I don't think they got that far in terms of figuring out the plan. Maybe they thought that like, you know, if he was writing with a pen that he would slip and poke himself and then ah, ah. Or maybe they were gonna have somebody run across the room and with the pen and jab him in the back. I don't Fidel, know. Fidel, sign it, sign it, sign it. Yeah! Yes. 
That's pretty good. So those are some of the, the interesting, the, the brightest minds. Yeah. Yeah, the best minds in America. Yeah. The best minds in America. All right. Beer. Okay. So back to the to serious topics. We talked about how the CIA was trying to kill Castro. And in general, most people think that the Kennedys were in favor of attempting to assassinate Castro. Um, although it's unclear whether they were trying to assassinate him, just saying, like, we got to kill him no matter what, or whether they were trying to kill him, but then at the same time trying to find ways to improve relations with him, which is kind of a weird... They're kind of like, if we can't manage to kill him, well, it, then, the then at least we have a better relationship with you him. You know, maybe it started out like that. I mean, as you may or may not know, you know, we, the United States, um, have this you know, weird need to conquer people. Mm -hmm. uh, and and so maybe it started out like that. I mean, why ruin history? Mm -hmm. So, you know, so maybe they tried to do that. And then when all the greatest minds in the world, like the CIA, who can't, uh. you know, who has to have cartoon music behind their mm -hmm. means of assassination, um, mm -hmm. when they couldn't figure it out, you know, we're like, oh, geez, you know, now, now, and you're going to find out how we screwed this up royally. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do now? Mm-hmm. Well, maybe we'll just get along, at least make it look like that. The Ke if the Kennedys did know about the the plans, some of the plans to assassinate Castro, they certainly didn't know about all of them. There was work mm. being done kind of outside of their knowledge to try to assassinate him. And even after the Kennedys, or Kennedy, I should say Kennedy, he was president, even after Kennedy told them, stop it, we don't mm. want you to assassinate Castro anymore, that they continued. Yep. They didn't stop. And, I, and I, if I'm not mistaken, Bobby Kennedy knew too. Yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, it really seems like Bobby Kennedy was the was um, the person who was more in favor of, mm -hmm. of that thing than, than JFK. He was pushing for, for more... Let's overthrow him. Overthrow yeah. him yeah. activity. Well, let's see. Hmm. Let's do something avant-garde for the United States. Let's have an agenda, pay the rebels with money and weapons, mm -hmm. and make them do it. <laughs> nah. Even though at this point, it's kind of assumed that, that Kennedy knew about the attempts to assassinate Castro, it, we're not positive about that. Because mm -hmm. essentially all of the stories of the, that were stating, oh, the Kennedys knew about these assass mm -hmm. assassination attempts, came from political enemies of, Ken of the yeah, Kennedys. And, and, yeah, and the, the other thing is, if he knew about them, mm -hmm. why would he hold off support? And you'll find this out, mm -hmm. right? I mean, if somebody's going to hold something back for an operation you already knew about, mm -hmm. why would you? So there's your... There's a rebuttal for that, anyway, mm -hmm. for anybody who says that. But anyway, yeah. So whether Kennedy knew or yeah. not, yeah. the CIA definitely felt that he wasn't doing enough or, or, or approving enough of what they were doing. Um, well, and you know, there was one other. If I can go back a little bit, there was one other assassination attempt that they never tried with Castro, mm -hmm. where they had Castro in a vehicle, a motorcade of sorts. Mm -hmm. that would come through an area and then they would have assassins set up in three different areas 
and crossfire to try to shoot him and assassinate him right there. Do you think that would work? I, I mean, I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, uh, but it never really happened. Mm-hmm. So no, Nobody ever tried that uh, technique? It, it may have happened again. I, gee, you know, guys got to keep watching if you haven't. You know. But anyway, so yeah, that was one other one. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, you know, when I first found that out, <laughs> I, know. I went, really? Like, really? Like, are you and kidding how, me? How many times can you say, really? I mean, maybe we just want to just stop when, whenever we have, when we move forward and something like weird happens, maybe Steve and I will just edit in our faces going, really? I mean, because really, mm-hmm. right? And trust I'm me, sorry. I've said really probably 4,000 times since, you know, we've been doing this or more. Anyway, moving on. So when we, when we get into 1963, what's interesting is, and it's interesting that this happens kind of, you know, in the months preceding the assassination Kennedy really started trying to scale back the covert operations in Cuba, and he started trying to kind of reach out to Castro yeah. a bit. Castro was uh, actually quoted as saying uh, after he died, mm-hmm. you know, that well, now we're going to have to try something different. Yeah, yeah, because he knew, Castro knew yeah. that having somebody other than Kennedy was going to be I mean, bad he, for him. He knew that Kennedy was his enemy, but at least he knew Kennedy was his enemy. <laughs> but it's not even, I don't even think it's quite that clear because in, in um, well, I mean, here's a, a few facts. In March of 63, after Cuban exiles attacked Soviet ships and installations in Cuba, and, and obviously if the Cuban exiles are doing this, they're doing this in tandem with the CIA. Of course, yeah. With course, CIA yeah. help. Yeah. Kennedy expressed concern about the potential damage that these sorts of attacks might be doing to Soviet-American relations and to Cuban-American relations. And he, he essentially told the CIA, stop these. Don't yeah. let these things happen. He made it clear, even to the exiles, that privately clear to the exiles, that he didn't want any more attacks. And so Castro, you know, he, he hears about this type of stuff. He knows about this stuff. Yeah. And on November 19th, 1963, the agenda for official talks between Fidel Castro and a U.S. Yeah. emissary regarding normalization yeah. yep. of relations between the two countries was um, begun, or well, the the agenda was set for yeah. those talks. I mean, you can't have that. And that's that's three days before he was killed. Yeah. And so they really were potentially moving towards a... Well, um, Kennedy was. <laughs> yeah, Kennedy yeah. was. Yeah. Kennedy was attempting to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Castro, on his part, was was unhappy at kind of being forced to be so reliant on the Soviet Union. And this is something that actually happens a lot in history. Look at yep. China. Yep. China is a great example because China was real reliant on the Soviet Union for a long time, and but they kind of got sick of having to just do whatever the Soviet Union told them to do. Mm-hmm. And eventually, they in the seventies when or it was either late sixties late sixties or early seventies when Nixon was president. China was just kind of like, okay, you know what? We don't need, we don't want to be your little brother anymore. We don't want to be completely reliant on you. And that's when the the famous Nixon visit to China, the oh. détente, occurred. And so the re- the relationship between China and the United States got much better. This really seems like that was following, even though it was earlier. Yeah, it was kind of following that same paradigm where Cuba, you know, Castro takes power. He needs the protection of the Soviet Union. He gets the protection. Over time, he starts to chafe at essentially being told, 
you're going to do this, you're going to do this by the Soviet Union. And then he says, well, maybe I'm going to try the United States for a little while. Yeah. That, we certainly seemed that, like that was where we were heading. But what happened was, of course, that three days after Kennedy's assassination, the President Lyndon Johnson was briefed on the fact that there were talks to normalize relations with Cuba. And he essentially said, stop this. Yeah, put it on ice. Put it on ice. Yep. And so he put it on ice, and then that's the way it was for the next how long? Four well, years? I mean, you know, maybe there's a little bit of conjecture there. I mean, think about what was going on. You know, the, the best, most popular president, you know, mm -hmm. ever is assassinated on, on United States soil. That's and three true. days later, to talk about foreign relations. I could understand hmm. where he'd say, "Look, okay, easy. It's three, you know, I'm still not, you know, done celebrating that Kennedy got killed and I'm the president." <laughs> or, <laughs> yeah. or I mean, if you're painting this in the best light, you could say, "Well, me, if if you're saying maybe Johnson had nothing to do with the assassination, then you could say, well, really, <laughs> you could because we want to show all the <laughs> no, I get it. To be I, fair. Sure, sure. Um, <clears throat> you could make the argument that maybe he suspected Cuba." in the assassination. Uh, and so he's saying, okay. well, okay, um, you know, I'm not going to normalize relations with Cuba after they just killed the President of the United States. And if that's the way that it played out, that's completely And reasonable. it's also very clear, though, however, that it wasn't part of the agenda because, well, it never came to fruition. Mm -hmm. so. But on the other hand, not to argue back on the no, other side, but on the other hand, Johnson kind of unwound so many other things that... No. that Kennedy did so, you yeah. know, this fits right in with that. Well, I mean, civil rights would help him, so let's mm -hmm. go ahead and keep working with that, though. <laughs> you know, that'll get him reelected. <laughs> you know, anyhow. <laughs> there are many instances where it seems that Kennedy was moving in a certain direction, you know, on economics, on mm -hmm. oil, which we'll get to, on Vietnam, which we'll mm -hmm. get to, on, on going after the mob. He was going in a certain direction. Somebody killed him, and then all of those things were rolled back yeah. by Johnson and by you yeah. know that administration. So it just makes you wonder. Here's yeah. another thing that Johnson kind of rolled back. And you know, if you want to learn a little bit more in depth um, information about the Bay of Pigs, Cuban Missile Crisis, and, and, and what surrounded those, there's a couple of references. Uh, one is a book called The Brilliant Disaster, mm -hmm. and that book was written by a gentleman named Jim Rosenberger, whose father was actually a lawyer for the uh, White House during that time mm -hmm. um, and was instrumental in having a bunch of Cuban refugees returned. Uh, but that gives you a little bit. So the Cuban community was um, furious about Kennedy's um, kind of implied receptivity to a fresh start mm -hmm. uh, with Cuba. And so, and that was roiling you know, right before the assassination. Matter of fact, on October 1st, 1963, just a little more than a month before the assassination, in, and this was actually in Dallas, or just a suburb of Dallas, a Cuban identified as Nestor Castellanos, he um, critis vehemently criticized the United States and blamed Kennedy for the U.S. government's policy of, quote, non-interference with respect to the Cuban issue. He was holding, this was the thing you said he wanted to find a picture, yeah. supposedly, and again, you know, we weren't there, so this is just, you know, secondhand, but again, it's just something that we heard secondhand. He was holding a, a copy of the, the 20, September 26th edition of the Dallas Morning News, featuring a front page account 
of the president's planned trip to Dallas. And he was quoted as saying, we're waiting for Kennedy the 22nd, buddy. We're going to see him in one way or, or the other. I think I said that wrong. We're going to see him in one way or the other. We're going to give him the works when he gets to Dallas, Mr. Good Old Kennedy. I wouldn't even call him President Kennedy. He stinks. So he essentially was saying, you know, when he gets to Dallas, we're going to have something for him. You know, that doesn't he, mean that he knows anything or that he has anything uh, to do How could he say he stinks? I mean, how does he know he stinks? I mean, has he really sniffed them at all? I mean, I, 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 you know. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> the last thing we'll say about Cuba, and then I guess I'll turn it over to you just for kind of reactions, Yeah. are that after Kennedy was assassinated, Castro felt this is not good for Cuba. I mean, there's been some conjecture that maybe Cuba killed Kennedy. Uh, as a matter of fact, it really seems like if, just for the sake of argument, if Oswald was kind of framed, he was kind of framed to appear as if he was working in tandem with Cuba. Mm -hmm. And so and so the, the thought is, oh, you know, Cuba wanted to get rid of Kennedy. But all accounts are that Castro thought it was a bit of a disaster when Kennedy was murdered. First of all, he was concerned that he would be blamed. The United States might use this as an excuse to, to essentially invade our country. They wouldn't do that. He, he was worried about who was going to be taking over from Kennedy mm -hmm. and that whoever took over, meaning Johnson, would be harder to work with. And the other quote, I don't know if you, did you read this already? He said, es una mala noticia. It's a bad notice or a bad bit of news. Um, he said three times and then he said, no, this is in English, all will have to be rethought. I'll tell you one thing, at least Kennedy was an enemy to whom we had been accust become accustomed. You watch and see. I know that they will try to put the blame on us for this thing. You can't blame them for saying it. Yeah. You know, you really can't. I mean, um, that's just how it works, right? I mean, you know. Um. So hearing all this, you know, that's going on in terms of uh, the, the situation with Cuba, where the CIA was, kind of what Kennedy was theoretically trying to do with Castro. I mean, does this already start painting too big a picture to, you know? And I'm going to, you know, preempt this by saying, I don't know a lot about the horrible things that Castro did. He did some bad things. I do know. However, that for whatever reason, he wanted to get the mob out of Cuba. And he did. Mm -hmm. He did that. Now, he could do it. Bobby Kennedy couldn't. So, what we mean by that is, he, Bobby Kennedy was a staunch, you know, he just hated, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the mob, wanted them out, you know, put more mobsters in jail than anyone had done before or after. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and he couldn't get rid of them. So, wow. Okay. We mean in the, the, the United the States? Yeah, the United States. Okay, so Castro did that. He said, get out of here. He, he, when, when someone wants to have their own way of government and doesn't want anyone else to get in their way, mm -hmm. to me, what's wrong with that? If you want to be a communist country and you want to run your country communist, then... Run a communist. Have fun. Don't interfere. I think part of the reason why um, Castro was able to accomplish that, whereas the Kennedys weren't, it's it's partly the nature of the way the governments functioned in the two countries. Castro had dictatorial power. He could he he had full control. I mean, you can say okay, he ran his country 
in certain ways like a communist country. But he was a dictator, mm -hmm. essentially his whole life. And Kennedy was in, in a country that had checks and balances. And so, you know, if Kennedy had the full range of powers that Castro had, maybe he could have dealt with the mob. But also, Castro was willing to do things using very hard methods. Well, oh, all right. So that also enabled him to do okay. some things. Well, so, I mean, let me add what you're saying, and, and, and you know what? I believe you, and here's why. Because think about it. Don't you think that the, the United States could have gotten rid of the mob if the mob wasn't in with the powers that were really running the country? <laughs> Right? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> I mean, nobody had a conspiracy in, 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 in you know, Cuba. Mm -hmm. It was, bam, here it is. Mm -hmm. Right? Well, you got the mob. You got CIA. Mm -hmm. mm, you know, it, it, you're one person. Yeah. Really. You know, one person trying to fight that. It's it's not going to, you know, you'll and get Probably even more so because the CIA wasn't really supposed to be, they weren't the agency tasked with getting rid of organized crime. It's really the FBI. But the FBI probably had closer ties to to the mob than the CIA. Well, okay, yeah, but, but but when did when did the CIA's mission change? The other thing is, John F. Kennedy Jr. met with Castro when he was an adult. Mm -hmm. There's a picture online, shaking his hand. Mm -hmm. Kennedy said, "Well, again, I have to be very careful about this. I'm not sure if he actually said this. I'll have to do a little bit of research. If you do and you find something out, let me know. But what was said was." Mm -hmm. Is that Castro told him that he he said this? I believe the CIA killed your father. Mm. Now, you know, on a personal level. Now look. I mean, he doesn't necessarily know. Well, how many years have gone by? How many years was Castro in power? Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, so 1963, Kennedy dies. Twenty years, thirty years goes by. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't you think a man changes a little? Mm -hmm. uh, why does it matter really now what, what went on then so if that was true yeah why wouldn't he say would it be feasible in your mind to, ha to have somebody say well you know what it's 30 years but I, I'm telling you right now man I'm telling you that I believe the CIA killed your dad uh -huh. on a personal level like, well, all the other bullshit aside after 30 years do you think people can be people uh -huh. and actually say hey look I believe this is the deal I'm going to shake your hand now or is that just a publicity moment Oh. Right? You know, and know. why Why did JFK go? I mean, JFK Jr. had to know mm -hmm. that Castro was implicated, at least. Maybe JFK Jr. knew that it wasn't Castro. Maybe JFK Jr. knew that Castro had nothing directly to do with his father's death. And maybe that handshake was him saying that. But the official word was that Castro had nothing to do with it. Yeah, well... They kind of... I mean, the way that it was kind of set up, if you're assuming it was set up, was that they wanted it to look like a, a single yeah. kind of person did it. But if that kind of falls apart yep. and people want to tie him to somebody else, then they, they leave a paper, a, a bit of a trail, trying to tie him back to Cuba. Yeah. yeah. So it's and kind of like... Yeah, plus the anti-Castro Cubans were the ones that were implicated anyway. Yeah. Next, I guess we're going to get into the CIA for a bit. Um, and so we want to kind of think about the CIA right before the assassination. That's where we're trying to get yeah. to right now. So um, right before the assassination, there actually were some public um, testimonies by, um, by politicians, by newspapers, kind of citing some concerns about the CIA. 
So here's one. On February 2nd, 1963, Paul Rogers, a Democratic representative, I think in the House, from Florida, cited, quote, serious kinks in our intelligence system. He called for a joint congressional committee to oversee the CIA, and he asked, what proof have we that this agency, which in many respects has the power to preempt foreign policy, is not actually exercising this power through practices which are contradictory to the established policy objectives of this government. <laughs> so he's essentially saying, how do we know that they're not acting on their own and doing stuff and setting the agenda? How do we, how do we know that? By the way, try not to... No, no, he, the bottom line is, mm-hmm. again, this is another one of those, you know, he was. He, we know he said it because mm-hmm. obviously, I'm sure you could find that quote yeah, anywhere. That, yeah. You know, um, but when he says, "What proof have we?" Well, you know, right there, mm-hmm. that puts a if there was any proof, targets on him, uh-huh. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, um, and then doing something like that almost, I think, kind of is a heads up mm-hmm. to the people that are that may or may not be doing these covert actions to go uh oh and cover the tracks mm-hmm. you know i mean i don't know if it's if it's if it was a you know the smartest minds in the world tried to kill castro and couldn't do it uh-huh. right so you know I well, mean, were it, they really the smartest minds in the world uh you i look at the there's a there's a i mean like well look at kind of what was happening in the cia i mean well, there's a lot of the, the people stupid that, ass stuff it's, that it's funny did. because you know there's another there's actually another book and i'm glad we mentioned this now called group think Mm-hmm. by Irvin Janus. Mm-hmm. Now, what that basically says, and it's in reference to the Bay Pigs, is is that when they were planning this thing, they, they brought together the best minds they could find mm-hmm. to, to plan and try to figure out how they were going to go about doing these kind of things and what they would do. Mm-hmm. But when you have a group of people around a table that are all very intelligent, highly thought of, Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, they all thought that they were the smartest. They guys. all thought they were the smartest, but nobody wanted to disagree. Oh, really? Because everybody would just go, oh, yes, of course. Mm. Oh, yes, I, I concur. Oh, yes, I concur. I would have thought that everybody would have thought that they had all the answers. There was one person on that uh-huh. board, and, I, and I, I can't find the guy's name, but there was one person on that board that announced, I don't think anything you're coming up with is a good idea. I think it's all going to fall on your face. And everybody, what do you think happened then? Group think. Uh, Who was that person? Don't know. Don't know. I don't know. It was you. I know. <laughs> I wish in my last life maybe, but no. I I um I I, I saw the video. I watched it. Um, it was part of actually the link to the um the interview with uh, Rosenberger. Oh. Okay. Uh, so when when you watch that video, you'll you'll see that there's a gentleman who you know just completely flat out said, "Sorry, I'm not going to go along with." The group of, of geniuses here. Good for that person. They were they were right. Whoever that was. There you go. But they did that brings me back to what I'm saying here. Is the guy says, okay, hey, well, what proof do we have that they're not doing this? Well, if, no instead proof. instead of saying that and mm-hmm. alerting folks. Yeah, yeah. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't. You know, executive session, right? That's a good point because now, then they know to be on their guard. There you go. They're kind of like, I, okay, well, there there are some people. In, 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 out there in the House or in the yeah. Senate who kind of have realized that we can act 
without really any oversight if we want to. Yeah. So we need to be more careful or be careful yeah, so that when we do things that we can cover it up. Sure. And at the time, maybe he just, maybe honestly, he was just ignorant to the whole, you mm -hmm. know, uh, this is what these guys are really doing and I could really be in trouble. Because I think if he was in, in if he was living now and this happened now, mm -hmm. oh, you'd never even hear it. <laughs> you'd never hear it because he wanted to be alive, mm -hmm. right? So on October 3rd, 1963, Richard Stames, who was of the Scripps Howard newspapers, I don't know what that is exactly, um, we'll have to look that up. So he, he related a story that according to a high United States source here, actually I think that was, I think he was over in Vietnam. So that's why that's like a newspaper that was... Uh, and and, and I have to say this, mm -hmm. all right? Remember, guys and gals and everybody else, when we say anything like a quote from someone that, that says, according to a high United States source here, mm -hmm. it means a little less than that. And, and the reason why we say this is because we would be hypocrites if we didn't. Mm -hmm. Because the bottom line is, if somebody tells me, look, you want to hear something like that? Just search news, <laughs> mm -hmm. okay? If you're believing everything you hear, whenever something starts with, high-ranking officials say... <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying but that this... Some, but it might be... It, 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 it if might a high-ranking source says something, it may be true and it may be false. There you go. Why? Because of agendas, because of politicalists, because yeah. of, 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 you know, foreign whatever. But So okay. we're not saying... I think your point is, is a real good one. Yeah. We're not saying that what this source says is true. Yeah. We're yeah. just saying that a source yeah. supposedly said this. And this won't be the first time or the second time or the third time we remind you of that. that because just because we say something doesn't mean that we're saying this is 100% true. We're just go. saying this was heard. This right. was said. And you know what we will do as well, and we probably should say this now and continue to say this randomly, is that sometimes coincidences have a percentage around them. Mm -hmm. Like, what percentage is it do you think would be that when the uh, Warren Commission decided to start looking into the assassination of Kennedy, mm -hmm. this many people died in this amount of time that were all directly involved with, with Kennedy. What's that percentage? If that percentage mm -hmm. of chance is 100 billion trillion or whatever, to one, or something. To one yeah. you got to say to yourself... I mean, you can say, well, you got the one, uh, but uh, you're that guy, you're that guy, you're really that guy. But the thing is, yeah, you can still say, nope, not true. Mm -hmm. uh, really? Though? Well, I mean, I work, you know, you know, in my job, I do a lot of analytic work and, you know, it's operational analytics yeah. where, you know, where we're trying to figure out what to do. And we make decisions that are not... Um, you know, where we know 5% chance that this is going to happen, 95% chance this is going to happen, okay, we're going to go with the 95%. It doesn't mean that, you know, because you have to make decisions about what to do and how to react. And so a lot of times things aren't 100% precise. They're not, yeah. they're not a sure thing, but you still have to live in the world. You yeah. still have to try to figure out what is the best, what is the most likely thing that occurred with a knowledge that you might not be right. We were talking about Richard Stames. Yes. And he related that, quote, according to a high United States source here, 
Twice, the CIA flatly refused to carry out instructions from Kennedy Ambassador Henry Cabot Lodge. Kennedy had sent Lodge over there to kind of um, take matters in hand. Um, It said, in one instance, the CIA had frustrated a plan of action that Mr. Lodge brought from Washington because the agency disagreed with it. So there was kind of a growing sense at this time or growing awareness that the CIA was becoming stubborn. Was be- They were kind of beginning to act like the kid that will just, you know, if you have a kid, I don't know if anybody you, anybody out there has their own kids. You know, sometimes your kid kind of gets in that attitude where like, you know what, I don't care what you say. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever I want to do and there's nothing you can do about it. That's kind of like what the CIA was starting to act like. It's like they were becoming a little more brazen about it. Um, well, when you, the thing, the difference is though, when the kids don't have enough experience to, 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 to understand why they think they know better, but they really don't. Mm-hmm. The CIA, I believe, my opinion, is that they really believed that they were smarter, mm-hmm. knew what was more important for the United States and their own agenda, and or the people that were in charge of them's agenda, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to say, oh, no, 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 no. No, that's not going to help us. So that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So, so Stames also said that this very high official was not even sure the White House could control the CIA any longer. Mm-mm-mm. And the person supposedly said, if the United States ever experiences an attempted coup to overthrow the government, it will come from the CIA and not the Pentagon. The CIA represents a tremendous power and total unaccountability to anyone. In 1963, guys. Now, right? In 1963. In October. Yeah, nineteen One month before the assassination. I just, and, and, and you know. And this is one account. So, I yeah. mean, you got to take it with everything else. Well, put it, put it this way. Mm-hmm. If he was quoted as saying it, and if anybody wants to dig in and try to find that, whether that quote is real or whether it's documented or whether it's anywhere... Then, or if you have a, a, a link to an interview with the guy, maybe he has done an interview. But the bottom line is, even an interview, he could say that happened and it didn't. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you know, I mean, it just, it just, you know, if, if it was quoted back in 1963 and not 1993 when it was like, oh, now I can say this and be and get a book sold. Yeah. Then what's the percentage, right, of, of whether or not it was true? Yeah, well, I mean, but the guy might have said that. I mean, because we're, we're twice removed, right? You have the source yep. talking to Richard Stames, yep. who then is talking to us. Yep. So, yep. again, like everything else, it's yep. interesting. It fits a certain narrative, sure one is. that a lot of other information seems to support. But it's sure. just one bit of potential information. Yep. It's interesting, though. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, I think we're at a good stopping point for our first... Beer run. A little under hour. Yeah, we got to do a beer run, because look at this. This is... This talk about a tragedy. Look at that. Oh, oh sh- <laughs> you fucker! Uh, hey, uh, well, I'm glad I caught it on my paper and well, on me. That was very stout of you. That is I, definitely. I thought I drank all of it. <laughs> here we go. Here we go. That really was it. Ah! That's awesome. This really wasn't planned. Although it was really cool, it was not planned. I, I, there's no drool in there. I, I, I just ah. Was, <laughs> I don't think any. Nope, none of it. I don't think any of it got on the sofa. Yeah, just just on you. I'm sorry. Or, uh, I, I wanted to make it seem like it was empty, and I didn't notice it because the, the damn bottle's brown, Steve. 
But you, you know, know he's stout with like white bottles so that we know it's really empty when it's empty. How am I supposed to know? But this looks like a, a page that's been, you know, like, you know, a stained page or you've been working hard. Oh, wait. Did you just, what did you say? What kind of, what kind of page? A stained. What was this guy's name? Uh, his name was... Stames! Stames. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but you With know what? an M, not an N. But the good thing is these sofas, like, we get all our furniture off of Craigslist. This is like a $600 Lazy Boy. We got it for like 75 bucks. Like that's like all of our furniture we got on Craigslist. Jesus, dude. I mean seriously. You're like, like you're like popping the tabs. Sorry. You're popping the tabs. I know? don't know that 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 um, reference. I'm gonna pop some tabs. I got twenty dollars in my pocket. Is that like a modern song? No. Is it? Well, kind of. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm saying Craigslist. <laughs> it's killer for furniture. <laughs> So, okay, we're going to get some more beer. Off to the beer. We're going to try not to spill it on us. No, time. I'm going to try not to spill, Steve. 